welcome into Poke the Bear episode 162, presented by our good friends over at FanDuel. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. It is September 1st. We're in September. Ooh, that's great. I don't know. I just summer's done. Basically done. It's done in my eyes. I was at a uh, I was at a fall hockey jamboree on Monday and Tuesday. Four games per day, by the way. My eyes, I'm I'm hockeyed out. Uh, and then another one this weekend for Labor Day. A lot of hockey. So for me, fall. I am on to the fall, and it feels like fall out. So I mean, it's you know, and you're sneezing. Like you still got allergies, so maybe it is. I know. Apparently, summer. yeah. Apparently, it's not working out so well. <laughs> spring. The, this summer, though, all things considered, meh. Yeah, it was, and that's not just saying because the, the 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 loss of the Bruins is hovering over it, but like rained every weekend. I'm ready. I'm ready for fall. Break out the flannel, pick some apples, get some hockey going, some football. I'm ready. Yeah, ever you know, it's funny. Uh, ever since you mentioned August being very overrated, it's stuck with me. It's like one of those, you know, like an earworm where like you can't unhear something. Like that's something I can't unthink. Like just as it got down the home stretch, you know, you, you know. You're watching the Little League World Series on TV. Uh, you know, the Red Sox are starting to to plummet. And it's just like, man, you need Bruins training camp to start. You need the Patriots to start. I am so sick it's... of the Patriots training camp talk over the last couple of weeks. It's like, just we need to get to, to real stuff. Same with the Bruins. Yeah, August is 31 days of biding time towards something else is what it is. <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> Just killing time. Yes. Um, that, that but really you can wear shorts. But is. you can wear shorts while doing it. So it's better than like January or February where it's like, all right, you still got to like, you got to bundle up a little bit, but nothing's really going on. You know, yeah. like, and it's just, there. And it's, you know, the mid-January regular season games where, you know, it's fine, but it's, you're looking towards the playoffs, looking towards the deadline. And you're still like a month away from the deadline. And it's like, oh, yeah. August is like the Sunday scaries of the months. Yes, Summer's I agree over. with that. It's still a weekend. It's still the summer, but it's yeah. it's it's the end. And you can right. you can feel it. Um, I wouldn't put September as a Monday, though. I wouldn't. I no, wouldn't go with that. that's that's a, I got to find a better way to phrase it. Because like it's like the end of the summer, but like you go into fall, which I think is the best season. But like you just know like what's on the horizon. You get like September through December, great. And like most of the summer, great. We're in a good stretch. Hit January through like April, shit. Yeah, I disagree not, though on the on. on the on the March and April. I like March and April solely because you know I've said this before. You have like a random nice day. It's like seventy degrees. You're like break out the shorts, go out, you know, working outside and stuff. So, um, but yeah. Anyways, I like the I like the. I like the fall and I like the the end of spring and, and most of the summer. Um, anyways, people are like, <laughs> like shut up, hitting, shut up. The, the 15 second jump ahead, like, fuck, they're still talking about seasons. Oh, like they're still talking seasons. Um, anyways, you, you guys are fortunate because uh, we have some some real stuff. So on Bruins Beat, we talked to Jim Montgomery's interview with the Herald. Uh, Jake DeBrusque did one with NHL.com with uh, Derek Van Deist um, out in Edmonton. And uh, DeBrusque said, quote, I'm hoping to stay with the Bruins. It's the only team that I know and the team that I grew up with. Hopefully it goes in that direction and we'll see how it goes. That's why I have an agent. And I told him I wanted to stay out of it, out of this one. And in time, it'll be nice when it all gets done. I like the idea of he's just, you know, it's like I was in it last time. I don't want to be in it again. Yes. You can take this. That's why I pay you, Rick. You know, you enjoy this. You enjoy those negotiations. Um, 
I think it's encouraging. I think it's encouraging news, uh, just given that, you know, uh is a Western Canada kid and he's always kind of been linked back to, you know, I remember uh they were kind of just rumors. There was no like, I don't think there's any meat to it. I remember back in the day, people wanted to trade uh Debrusque to was it the Canucks for um for Tannen? Which thank God that never yeah. happened. Oh my Shit. god. Yeah. Um, Yikes. But but again, I, I you know he's a Western Canadian kid. Boston is as far from Western Canada as it gets. But I think it's encouraging that he wants to stick. He's very vocal about wanting to stick around. Yeah, you know, not not entirely surprising in terms of you know your position going into a full year before unrestricted free agency. But still, a good sign. Um, I think he's obviously put his trade requests and all that stuff in the past. Wants to stay here, and now the kind of the balls in the Bruins' court in terms of. Hatching something out. We know Don Sweeney and the Bruins love to take care of business before a guy hits free agency. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see or you hear that negotiations pick up once training camp starts. And it'd be good to kind of get that out of the way. You look at, you know, we, we keep on focusing on next year and how much cap space they have. Really don't have that many, like, question marks or, or things on the to-do list in terms of in-house things to worry about. Next year, you're pretty much looking at DeBrusque what to do with Grizzlick, and then obviously like Swayman's do a new contract, which could be, depending on how he does this year, it could be a, a significant pay bump as well. But if you're able to get kind of the the big domino in terms of a, you know, proven top six guy in DeBrus sign long-term, you have it done this off, uh, get it done this preseason. Uh, one less thing to worry about next year, and what should be a very, very busy season for the Bruins. So um, again, it's one thing to say you want to stay. It's one thing for the Bruins to hope you stay. We'll see what the numbers are. Uh, we talked about this last week with uh, Brendan Hagel's contract. Seems like a really good, at the very least, starting off point. You know, like as much as maybe people are worried about the term, I think if you're able to get that cap hit to um, something around six, six and a half, um, I think that's going to look better and better over time. I think the biggest thing, if you're the Bruins, uh, in terms of building kind of a sustainable core, all right, you're not going to have the the teams of yesteryear where you have like Bergeron and Pasternak and Martian combined for 15 million or whatever. Like that's not going to be the case. But if you're able to sign a lot of your, what do you imagine, franchise fixture guys long term, um, as the cap jumps up, not only next year but they say the year after that, you're looking at another four or five million dollar jump. All of a sudden, these deals that are six and a half or even like. McAvoy's nine and a half. Those are going to look pretty good by 2027, 28, right? So um, I think for the Bruins, yeah, there's obviously the always the concern about handing out a seven, eight year deal, obviously. But if you're able to get that that uh, annual cap hit down as a result and you have faith that DeBrus can continue to be at the very least the 25 goal guy that you can pencil into that top six, um, probably worth, the, worth the, the, the financial commitment for it. Because again, you have to get have space it's all about just finding out where those two parties can kind of meet on that new contract yeah we discussed this last week and it's an interesting thing with debrusque because i think you know people are kind of not everyone's convinced on him right i mean there's still Mm -hmm. sort of some doubt from you know a couple years ago and it's interesting because we've said this if he can consistently be a 30 to 35 goal guy per season that is wildly valuable i mean that oh, is yeah. a that is a huge piece that you do want to lock up long term whereas i guess if he's a little more inconsistent you're sort of a little more on the fence i still think what he brings inside the top six what he can bring knowing that you can pencil him in in that top six and kind of say all right just let him cook i think there's a lot of value in that um it's interesting to went on to say it's not my first time going through this it's my third time my contract is up with them 
I kind of know what to expect, although it's a little different with uh, now being a UFA. I'm not too focused on that. I've kind of tested the waters before, and I'm just going to focus on hockey. So very uh, business-like answer. You know, I don't expect anything <laughs> anything else with something like that. But And you touched on a little bit uh, with what you were just saying. Like, is there any chance he takes a hometown discount? Because a hometown discount for him on this deal, I feel like would be somewhere in the five and a half to six million range. That would be a true yeah. hometown discount. But I don't imagine that being the case. I mean, you even look at, he, he goes on to say in this story, um, you know, last year when I got injured in the Winter Classic, I was just really starting to come into my game. So it made me a little bit angry. I thought I was going to go on a bit of a heater there, which probably would have ended up being 30 or 35 goals. I mean, this is exactly what they're going to say what his camp is going to say to Sweeney and and company in negotiations. If I stay healthy, I think I can score 30 this season. I've knocked on the door twice with 27 and I have 25 in there as well. If I stay healthy, that's obviously the goal to get to that 30 mark. I mean, I think if he stays healthy, I think he can pass that. Um, So I mean, what's like, is there any chance he takes a hometown discount? I say, no, I I don't feel that, that he's going to, I think this is someone who is probably going to look to not, you know, nickel and dime the Bruins but get what he get his market value from Sweeney yeah no yeah I think like hometown discount yeah five and a half or something like that I think that's probably just not even market or you know uh, a hometown discount that's like just selling himself short probably in terms of what he could get on the market like if he scores even again 25 goals but has a good two-way game and has analytics and the fancy graphs look really good as well and he hits the market with that like, that j fresh percentile is like right yeah like 91 right. or something so like if he goes through that and hits free agency and the cap jumps up to 87 88 million and teams all of a sudden are flush with cap space and you have a guy who's 26 with a couple of 20 goal seasons good two-way game he's probably getting like seven and a half hell someone could give him eight like yep. if he has a really good year like yeah it's not, outside their own possibility it's like you even look at six and a half people were like there's no way he should be getting as much as martian like martian signed a bargain bin deal (laughs) years ago like that one like again has been that is a that was a hometown discount deal that even at the time everyone's like oh shit like oh that's way below it so i think yeah the the sweet spot if you're looking at below what you could probably get on the market but also not like again worthwhile for a uh a pay raise. I think we're all in favor of guys getting the bag when they've, you know, put in the effort, put in the numbers. Um, like six and a half, I think, is kind of that sweet spot. If you get anything in between six and six and a half, it's even better. But I still think that's probably just unrealistic unless it's all about for DeBrusque, long-term security, being a place he wants to be, which if the Bruins are handing him eight years and six to five, maybe he considers that. But I still feel like if you're the Bruins, you want to try to find a happy medium and get something done because I think the more this season goes on, barring injury or what have you, I think his numbers are only going to increase. Even if he doesn't take a big step forward, finishes with 24 goals, 48 points, good two-way game. Like a team that probably has more firepower up front could probably be like, hell, we could use him. Uh, look at the Maple Leafs, what they do with Tyler Bertuzzi. Like, hell, we'll go him <laughs> on a, a deal and he'll we'll, you know boost his numbers up. Like, I feel there's other teams that are out there that probably really cover with DeBrusque has thinks they can utilize him more than the, the top six personnel the Bruins probably have this year. So I think the quicker you get that deal done and find that sweet spot, uh, the better for the Bruins. So we've talked about what's better for the Bruins. As you were saying that there about how the cap is probably going to jump up, his production might jump up, teams are going to have cash, they're going to want to add. 
he wants to stay here and he's vocalized that, right? But if you're his side, is there a part of you that says, let's see what the open market offers? Not saying no to Boston, not saying no to Boston, but let's test it. Let's see what kind of numbers we can get and kind of drive the Bruins up. Uh, we haven't seen someone do that in a while. Because as we've said, you know, it feels like a lot of guys get done early and hockey guys kind of want to stick around where they know and, and you know, lock up somewhere long term uh, during the season. We've seen that, you know, countless times. But with someone like DeBrusque, I, I don't know. I mean, I just given I know it's a new head coach there now and things seem to be better. But just given the market uh, volatility, the, 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 the sort of the temperature of the market, I don't know if I'm DeBrusque's camp i consider it i consider saying huh you mentioned you you mentioned seven and a half eight i don't know i'd be interested to see what they could potentially get yeah i'm sure it's probably the scenario that all these players entertain when it comes to hitting free agency and i think for them it's all about is maybe a million million and a half two which again i think it's probably more extreme like if the bruins get outbid by like two million per in terms of what like a contract would be then shame on them more than anything but i think it all depends on you know you weigh the pros and cons there's an extra million million and a half on your annual salary or cap hit whatever is that worth going to a new place new team new coaches new facility all that stuff it's all about that if you know it's not to trivialize like the the payout but if it's six and a half here and 7.25 the other place you'd rather just stay in a place you're comfortable with and still get the bag right like i think that's what you have to weigh again who knows how this market plays out. I feel like even you look at just this past offseason, how many teams were kind of stuck in the mud in terms of how cap crunch everyone was. I don't think people expected the, the market to be that stagnant. So it feels like every year the market kind of surprises people. It catches them off guard anyway. We'll see how it is this year when the, the, the cap space jumps up uh, quite a bit. At least that's a plan for now. We'll see if Gary Bettman changes the the, uh, <laughs> the script later on. But um yeah, I mean, it's all. I, I'm sure DeBrus is not the only one who that has to be probably an intriguing thought. It just comes down to, is your expected pay bump with a team you're comfortable with not going to justify going to the open market, fracturing that, potentially finding out what else you can get? So we'll see. And again, if he goes somewhere else and signs eight and a half million, all the power to you. Like Bruins, all the best. Like, I don't think you're going to hit that. Yeah, but it's interesting because, like you know, we see it every year. Guys and their players and their agents sometimes misjudge the market. It, it happens. You know, you see it uh, in a lot of off seasons, guys thinking that they can get more. I mean, you saw it with Bertuzzi, right? Bertuzzi's camp, uh, you know, sort of misjudged things a bit. And granted, it'll probably work out for him in the end anyway, but still has to go to Toronto for a year. Unfortunate for him. Fortunate for the score sheet. <laughs> Unfortunate yeah. off the ice. But um, we'll see what happens with DeBrusque. I, I still think... Um, you know, during training camp, it'll be like a Tuesday morning and the Bruins will tweet out, you know, hashtag Selly season. Everyone's going to be like, oh, oh, it's getting done. It's getting done. So it'll be, it'll uh, be just a little gif. That's what they do now. They just post yes. gifs instead. Uh, <laughs> usually it's when I'm in the middle of doing something else. I get that notification. I'm like, oh, shit. All right. Uh, got to put down what I'm doing. Got to got to focus on this. Got to do an emergency podcast. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. 
The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. And frankly, that's the best part about FanDuel is that you can bet on anything. You want to bet on how many touchdowns Mac Jones is going to throw this year? Be my guest. Maybe how many wins the Bruins are going to have in 2023-24. Go for it. You can do it all. So bet now on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus in President Mass. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Hope is here. Go to gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. Go to gamesensema.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. NFL Sunday ticket offer ends September 18th, 2023. No refunds. Terms and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket, not YouTube TV. YouTube TV-based plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account and current form of payment. Commercial use excluded. Subscription for news. Cancel anytime. So speaking of uh, other uh, interesting players on this Bruins team, I guess everybody's interesting in their own way. Um, but Charlie Coyle was on uh, the WEI Jimmy Fun Radio Telethon recently, kind of just talking about uh, things, his role, uh, you know, the season, this and that. And I mean, it's he kind of admitted, you know, obviously, you know, no one's going to be a Bergeron, right? But they're going to try. And it feels like he's sort of getting himself ready for this larger role. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's what you expect, right? I think it was been fairly obvious for a while. It was validated by what Jim Montgomery said, that Coyle and Zaka are going to be the next guys up. And it's going to be a, a, a tough ask for, for those guys to be in those roles. I think we've said before, like, Coyle, when he's a 3C, is a great player. Um, can he consistently drive play? In the top line, we'll see. Again, he deserves all the credit for what he did in that uh, Florida series. Uh, really was impactful. Great two-way game. And I think last year, his ability to be a real shutdown uh, center for them really helped out, especially with giving you know more ozone time to Bergeron and Krejci. And if, again, we've said it before, if he can just be a really good two-way guy, possess the puck, and he's got offensive conduits and, and Marchand and DeBras next to him, he gives you 50 points around then you will absolutely take that that is a line you're that fine can, yeah, that, you're, yeah you're that's good. all you're asking you know it's it's almost like i think people are worried that like he needs to be obviously not bergeron because as literally coil said you know it can really be him but people think he needs a, a 65 70 point season he plays his game and doesn't let the defensive part of his game especially falter while also getting just an added scoring punch by just playing with guys like Martian and the Brubs. Like Martian, you know, you put Riley, Riley, uh, Riley Nash next to Martian, and they were like a wagon for a couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, that he year was ago. a legit like, number one center in the NHL. He was on pace for like an 82 game pace. He was on pace for like 48 points, I think, Nash, like, which you will take for that guy. And again, I think he's a Riley Nash underrated great Bruin for what his role Amazing. is. But still, like, again, Amazing. that shows like what you can get from a guy like Coyle. So, I mean, we'll awesome, see. I, I awesome think... immaculate grid answer, by the way. Yes, exactly. Um, so, yeah, Coyle, like anything, everything he said didn't really surprise me. I think one thing that was good that he noted was like, 
all right, we're not going to be as good as they were last year, obviously. But he pretty much said, like, if we have to scrap and claw away into the playoffs, like, that's that's good too because then we're, we're building towards something. Like, I don't know. I'm sure the players will either not admit it or it will take a while for them to say that, like, being kind of a front runner or something, like, you can lose your – I don't know if lose your focus, but, like, there is a difference in terms of being a team that is cruising in and being a team that's going to be scrapping for – the first wild card spot or something like that. I mean, look at like the Panthers, right? Like, it, I don't know what exactly the formula is in terms of these President's Trophy winners and teams that are front runners or whatever you want to call it. But like, there is a difference, I think, in terms of going into the playoffs when you've been scrapping and fighting and the last few weeks of the season, you've got actual things to play for. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it's going to be a different dynamic, obviously, but Coyle seems to be at least saying the right things in terms of one, what his role is the onus falling on the rest of the team to, to step up and how even if it might not be as tough or might not be as easy as last year in terms of punching your ticket, they should benefit from that as well. You remember the scene in Moneyball when uh, the scouts and Billy Bean are sitting around the table and they're saying, you know, whoa, what's the problem? And one of the scouts said, oh, we got to replace Giambi and and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Isringhausen and some, Damon. And, and yeah. Bean's like, eh, that's, you know, that's the problem. And and it was interesting because I feel like you know, this is sort of a similar situation. Like you can't replace Bergeron and Krejci, but you can replace them in the aggregate, right? DeBrusque is improving his two-way game. Charlie Coyle is a very, very, very good and underrated two-way center. Um, you know, Zaka can st- We talked about this on Bruins beat. Like David Krejci was not lighting up the score sheet every season. I'm not saying that he, I'm not trying to diminish what he, what he did, but I think so many people are acting like, you gotta, you know, you need, you know, two centers who can put up, you know, 80 and 90 points. No, you, you don't. You need two responsible centers who can get you both somewhere in the range of 50 to 70 points. That's what you need. And I think it's, it's not crazy to think Charlie Coyle can be a good two-way center and put up 50 points in an elevated role playing, you know, if we go off the lines that Montgomery listed to the Herald, you know, with DeBrusque and, uh, and Marshan, it's not crazy to think Coyle can put up 50 points. Um, and again, I'm not saying he's definitely going to, he can't come at me. He can't, he can't come at me if that doesn't happen, but it's not crazy to think that. So, um, I mean, I, again, I think there's a, there's a, it, it's the more I look at this team, the more I, I don't think they're going to be terrible. Uh, and I don't think either you or I have ever thought they were going to be terrible. I've, you know, my yeah. only take has been like, if they are bad trade pieces at the deadline next year. Uh, but I don't think they will be. I think this team is going to be good. How good we can save those true predictions for, for you later in the, later in the, later in the month. Um, yeah. Let's see them hit but, the ice first, but yes, we will have we, those eventually. Yes. Those predictions will come to us eventually. Uh, but it coils thing. It's at a bigger point in terms of uh, who is a returning Bruin who will be given the most opportunity to succeed in a new role. What is your answer? Yeah. I don't think mine's really groundbreaking, but I think even Jim Montgomery mapped it out. I think it's Zaka in terms of like, this guy's going to be penciled in. He Montgomery already said they think that he has a lot of room to grow. I think probably last year validated that in terms of going from a guy whose career high was what thirty four points to, to what was it over sixty? It was at the very least it was like late fifties. Uh, took a huge step forward uh, in that role. They think he has more room to grow in terms of his offensive game, especially his shot. Pretty much already said they're gonna you know staple him to the the hip of Pasternak, which is a pretty good way to also bump up your numbers having a sixty goal guy next to you the entire year. So I, I think when you look at this team and how much 
I don't know if log jam is the right word. It seems negative, but like just how many guys they have in that bottom six spot. Uh, how many, you know, there's not really a whole lot of guys that are, you can like pencil and definitively like, all right, we know Pasternak top six. We know like right now, Zaka and Coyle, we know Lucic's going to be like left wing on the fourth line. We know like some of these things. Left wing on the second of, line. <laughs> yeah. A lot of stuff is still kind of up in the air right now, but I think Zaka being in a top six role, I think especially more focused on offense, probably getting a lot more ozone starts with Pasternak. He seems to be a guy that they think can can succeed in a, a greater role, and it's going to fall on him to kind of prove that. But I think he's a guy that going into camp before we see how these lines shake out, he's a guy with a lot of room to grow, and they're hoping for that especially. Yeah, I completely agree on the soccer front. I think, you know, number one center for an original six team with Pasternak next to you the whole season, I think is is kind of the definition of it. We've talked Coyle. I think Coyle's another one. But I actually think Trent Frederick. Uh, I think Frederick has a lot of opportunity this year. And I know uh, it doesn't look like he's going to start the season in the top six. Like we kind of thought would be an interesting idea. Um, I still think there's a chance that happens throughout the season, but I just think Montgomery's comments on Frederick kind of being the, the lead guy on the third line. You know, it's interesting. You look at the bottom six and outside of Frederick, everyone is fighting for spots somewhere. Patrick Brown, Mark McLaughlin, Jacob Lauco, um, you know, Beecher, uh, you know, Boquist, just you, Lucic, like Greer. I mean, there's so many. We said it on Bruins beat, but you can make an entire team out of uh, people vying for uh, the bottom six. So I look at a guy like Frederick and, you know, credit to him. He separated himself last season, right? He played himself out of that bubble, you know, that he was in for a while and that a lot of guys are still in. And he's, he's going to be the stalwart on that, on that third line. So I think he has a big opportunity, especially kind of on this prove me contract. I think he has a big chance to sort of be a depth piece um, and be someone that they can rely on, uh, you know, not just for scoring, but for a good hit for a, for an, you know, a nice defensive play for a good ozone shift. So um, I think he has a real opportunity in front of him. We're you and I are both kind of like, I'm interested to see if, how this, how he sort of plays out, especially as the play driver on that line. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we'll also see, and Morgan Geeky's another one who probably, be, you know, as of right now, looks like the third line center. Um, so again, if Frederick and Geeky can kind of establish some sort of connection, um, I think, you know, again, things could work out for Frederick, but I just think on paper, there's a lot of chance for him. And you look at even, you know, as we discussed with DeBrus, the cap going up in future seasons and things like that, like he could get a significant payday as a depth piece, um, and a potential, you know, fringe top six guy if he continues to build off of last year. But that's a big if. That's a big if for someone like Frederick, who really last year is kind of all we have to go off uh, go off of with him. So um, I think Frederick, is there anyone else? I was trying to think defensively. I mean, Grizzlick, his usage was a little down at times last year. And I, I don't, I don't fully, I wouldn't put him in there uh, quite as much. Um you know, I wouldn't yeah. say I wouldn't say low I, I ride. Think, I just, you know, this, he's gonna be in private. I just don't think he's ready. Yeah, like I, I feel like he's not a lot of surprises there. And again, maybe a few more reps for Swayman here and there. But I'm not anything that's groundbreaking or anything that I think is a seismic shift in terms of like guys getting a little more reps here and there or, or what have you. Like, of course, I think like Lauko would be a guy that would make a lot of sense. But we just got to see where exactly he carves out a role. He should be a guy that I think you saw how he performed in limited minutes last year. Warrants a starting spot somewhere but we'll see how it is in camp and all, and all those things but i think he's a guy that if you look at guys who i think should be getting a chance to to grow and you know have an established role i think lauco kind of wherever you put him in that bottom he can be a 
a guy that just brings energy and like production too. I mean, what he had seven, seven points and I think like 20 games through a lot of penalties, mm-hmm. like, or again, it's one to do that, keep up that energy over an 82 game season, obviously. But if he can give you 20 points out of a bottom six role with that energy, you will take it. It's just where exactly does he fit in and can he stay in that lineup for 70 plus games? Yeah, no, you take, you, you absolutely take it. Um, but anyways, Connor, what can people look forward to from you over at Boston.com and the Boston Globe? Yeah, we're going to be covered throughout. I wouldn't even say we're at the final parts of the Bruins offseason. We got captain's practice next week. Ooh, yes, that's right. That's right. So, so we got that. We got like the golf tournament coming up. We got a few other things in the pipeline that's uh, beyond just like blogging, worrying about lineups, all those things. We get some tangible news to talk about. So. Uh, that'll be starting up next week after Labor Day weekend. So uh, for all your Bruins news, follow all of our stuff over at boston.com. And uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. And remember to subscribe to New England Hockey Journal. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. We're presented by FanDuel. You poke the bear listeners. Have a great rest of your week. Uh-huh.